0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Ohio Valley Athletics Podcast. This is episode number four. I'm Brian Gossett, and with me, of course, is Sean Ryan. He's not feeling so good today. Normally, we have uh, about a 20, 25-minute dialogue before we jump onto this, but in the spirit of saving his voice, we're going to – let's call this podcast unscripted because we haven't discussed anything that we're about to talk about. Sean, how are you feeling? Are you going you to be able to make it through today? Yeah, we'll be all right. You don't have the COVID, do you, Sean? No. <laughs> it's not. So we had some cool things happen this past weekend. And, um, you know, going back last week, it was, it was really great to have uh, head football coach at West Liberty University, Coach Roger Wiley on, We're working on some um, really cool guests, uh, hopefully for next week. Uh, More information to come on that, but potentially a couple big names coming towards us. Uh, In the last week, though, we didn't even think we needed a guest coming on this week because we had some um, really cool things happen in the sporting world. Uh, Football is back. The official kickoff to the NFL season was this past weekend in Canton, Ohio, with the Hall of Fame game. And then, of course, the inductions of not only the 2021 class, but the 2020 class. And uh, I wish I was there. Uh, it, was, it was great to see a football game where there were fans in the stands. Uh, that alone got my skin up. And, uh, you know, normally for that first preseason game, uh, you have about half attendance. And that stadium, oh, which looks like it's double the size, by the way, that thing was about full. Sean, did you get to catch the game, the Steeler game? Yeah, most of it, um,
1: like you. I mean, I was glad to see fans there. It felt like, at least for a moment, we were getting back to life as we know it, life, life as it is normally. Um, and, and I'm the same way, too. Like Usually, I'm not even really – I mean, I watch preseason, but it doesn't do a lot for me. But I was excited because it, again it was like everything was was back to normal and uh, I'm a big Steelers fan, but even I had a hard time last year without fans like like getting into it. I don't know exactly what it was, but it was just it, it was weird.
0: You know i I've always I've always wanted players to play in the preseason. You know, for me, it's just an organized practice. With that said, I got to tell you, Sean. There were a couple plays where Najee Harris was running the ball and he, he, he was getting tackled, and I kind of cringed, and I thought, do we really need to have him in right now? Did you experience anything like that?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, not only him, but a number of people, but uh, as far as he's concerned in particular, I, it, it was like a, a, a dub wedge sword because I wanted to see what he could do, number one, and – But I don't want him getting hurt because, jeez, you'd be hard-pressed to to find a Steeler draft pick, at least recently, where they were being counted on so much and so heavily right out of the gate. Um, Because if they want to get where they they want to go, they have to be able to run the football. Um, And that's not saying they have to run for 150 yards a game but they ran for like 86 last year, 86 a game. And that's not going to cut it. So in that regard, I was, you know, he, he played the whole first quarter and into the second a little bit. Hopefully we'll see him less. Um, this year, the, the preseason games got cut down to three, but the Steelers and Cowboys are playing four because of playing in the Hall of Fame game. So, I think veteran guys will play even even less than they normally did. So it's going to be interesting. All I know is football is back and we're less than a month away from doing this for real.
0: Yeah. You know, also also this weekend, uh, of course, we had the inductions with the players. And this was a special year, uh, you know, one, because we had so many with, with the backlog from 2020, but we had a lot of Steelers go in. And when I found out that they were limiting the speeches to eight minutes, my initial thoughts were, that's, that's not cool. I wanted to hear Bill Cowher go for, for an hour, but I got to tell you, I, I thought it worked out pretty good. Um, I thought the speeches and not just the Steeler ones, they were all really impactful. And, you know, I I still stand by what I said. I would love to hear Bill Cowher go for an hour. Um, But be that as it may, I I thought because each each person only had eight minutes for the most part, I felt like they chose their eight minutes very carefully. I do, too. But I'm
1: the same as you. Um, These are the best of the best. Um, and for the most part, you know, these are guys in their 40s and their 50s now, who have been playing football since they were 10, or even younger in some cases. And you're trying, you have to encapsulate all that in to eight minutes. Like, I, I was never a big Peyton Manning fan. I uh, like, I didn't, I didn't like him. I don't know what it is, but. You're trying to tell me Peyton Manning and what he has meant to this game wasn't worth more than eight minutes. That's a good call. You know, and I just, in society as a whole, I just feel like sometimes we, we mess with things and change things for the sake of changing them. I, I, you, you can't sit here and tell me it was Hall of Fame speeches it's you get to do it one time. Let the guy go.
0: Yeah. um, It'll be interesting to see if that was just temporary for this year because of, of the quantity of people or if that's something they continue into the next years. I I almost hope they keep it to eight minutes because if they go back to letting players talk for almost an unlimited time next year, I'm going to really be sour that (laughs) Troy Palomalo and Bill Cowher and you know, everyone else, didn't get that same privilege. So it'll be interesting. I have a hunch they're going to, they're probably going to keep it down to, to an eight to 10 minute mark. So in, in addition to the hall of fame weekend, we also wrapped up the Olympics. Um, in another kind of unique thing there where the Olympics were supposed to happen last year. Uh, and we were finally able to get to see them this year, uh, but not quite as planned, um, as there are no spectators, Uh, In the stands, other than other athletes, a lot of a lot of different opinions on the Olympics, Sean, there's, um, you know, from from what i from what I'm reading and hearing, it sounds like the ratings uh, were uh, very poor sounds like sponsors, advertisers were pulling out halfway through the games, they didn't want their ads to continue to run. Um, uh, It sounds like uh, just in general, there was a lot of concern just about the overall take of it. Uh, from the networks i got some different thoughts there on what could have happened but curious to hear your perspective i mean first did you you watch Mm -hmm. the olympics i know you're a sports guy did did you tune into them
1: um here and there uh i'm one of those guys that i was turned off by it uh you know you can say what you want and Everybody's entitled to their opinion. I watch sports to get away from things. And anymore, particularly on this stage, there's no discernible line. It's all blended. Yeah. And I just don't, I I don't want that. Like, and without getting too deep into it, I mean, why are you, as an athlete, and I won't take anything away from any of them because obviously they are the best of the best? But why, as an athlete representing the United States of America, do you want to do that while simultaneously? being so offended by everything in the United States of America. I just, it's, it's sad. It's unfortunate that we are where we are. Um, And I, I think in a lot of cases, it just comes down to people being uneducated on topics and not being able to Kind of think on their own, for lack of a better term. Um, yeah. The, the the one in particular, I mean, the the U.S. women's soccer team. I mean, I hate to say it, I I was happy to see what happened to them, um, and it's it's really weird because probably the last cycle. Of the olympics they were like the darlings of america yeah everybody was so into them and they were so popular um and and going back to the the women's world cup as well and they just i i've never seen such a, a complete 360 where they go from being almost universally loved and, and applauded and appreciated too. People were openly rooting against them. Um, and uh, that that in itself is uh, and again, I'm one of the people who pretty much was openly rooting against them. Um, but that's, that's sad that that's that's where we are now. And I don't like it.
0: Yeah. And for, for all of our listeners out there um, you know, what, what Sean's referring to is there's a lot of media attention around the women's soccer team. Um, Not necessarily my words, but words through different media outlets were that the women's soccer team was very woke throughout the Olympics um, doing a lot of social stands for social justice and awareness. And Um, the uh, large consensus among different media outlets was probably not the right platform that there is a place for that. Uh, And there's probably even a place for that in sports, but the Olympic platform in Tokyo probably didn't make the most sense. And again, not necessarily my words, but that seems to be the consensus consensus with a lot of media platforms. Uh, Advertisers though, have went went out of their way and used that specific instance as a reason that they pulled their, their uh, their sponsorships and their advertisements. So there was there was a financial consequence to that, um, and a lot of people were saying that's why ratings were down. I, I don't know if, if for myself, Sean. I don't I don't know if that one event, and I think there were a couple other instances of American athletes, um, you know, having mm-hmm. having a, a stand. I, I don't know if I think that's why ratings were down. Um, I, I tell you what 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 got me is. I love the Olympics. Uh, we, we, we literally had the TV on all day, um, on something, uh, love the volleyball, Loved the three point basketball tournament. That was really cool. Um, mountain wa- the, the mountain wall climbing. That was pretty cool. Uh, you know, watched the basketball. I'm into it all, but something that made it tough for me was I knew the outcome of probably 70% of the things I watched on TV because ESPN couldn't help themselves from sending me a breaking alert 12 hours before it was on TV. And I understand the position that the media is in. You know, ESPN's thinking if we don't send this, somebody else will. But dang, aren't we ruining sports here where I feel like. 20 years ago, there was a gentleman's agreement among the media that, Hey, we won't report this until it's actually back in the States on TV. And that agreement is clearly no longer a uh, privilege to us because what's the fun of watching a basketball game when I knew, I knew a day and a half ago what the score was, you know,
1: it's, it's really funny. And again, I think this is a comment, on broader society, um, ESPN is simultaneously, in my mind, the best and worst thing to ever happen to sports, um, and and more so of the latter these days. Um, you know, they had to make a rule where these NFL insiders couldn't put on Twitter who somebody was drafting before you saw it on TV. Like they were, they would say. Adam Schefter would be, come on, like, before anybody even did it. Like, I understand wanting to be first, but everything isn't breaking news. Yeah. And you you have to understand the difference. And in today's uh, journalism, I I don't know that we we do understand the difference. Um, I get it. You want to be the guy who knows everything. But for me, when I'm watching the draft, part of it is, you know, I'll do research on the positions that the Steelers are in need of, and I'll, I'll, I'll narrow it down to a couple, couple guys maybe they could take. And part of the fun of it is wanting to, you know, see pick by pick if those guys are still there, and. They do the same thing with the n b a Adrian Woljanowski during their draft he's tweeting out they, they're not making him stop do it tweeting out sources say mm-hmm. the Celtics are picking like take a night off yeah. you know uh, again that's not that's not breaking news if you're going to be used in that capacity, add something to the conversation to me. That just comes off as I know something you don't know. Like, I don't care. I I can wait an extra minute and a half.
0: Speaking of which, we just saw that with the Steelers this last week. I got the alert. I got like three alerts to my phone that breaking news. uh, Washington once traded from the Steelers. And then uh, a day or two days later, the Steelers – Uh, made a uh, they officially addressed that no James Washington has not made a request to be traded. And then as a fan, it kind of leaves you going, who do you believe? Like what's, what's really going on right now?
1: The key here is that no matter which side you believe, nobody has heard that out of James Washington's mouth and I kinda of tend to believe that if it was said internally, Mike Tomlin would have given one of his Tomlinisms. Like we don't deal in hypotheticals or, or whatever like that. But he he legit came out and flat out said, No, that has not happened. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, like I'm not in there lock room every day i'm out of practice every day um i'm just a fan but i don't understand what's up with james washington because he's got all the talent in the world and he's been buried on this death chart for several years now like i almost wouldn't be i can almost understand if he would say listen i i need a new start but Apparently that's not going to happen right now.
0: Yeah, I think there's it's so premature too for it to even if he even wanted to be traded, I think it would be incredibly premature to even entertain that right now as there's still two more preseason games to go, several more weeks before the season even starts to iron out what does your starting offense even look like yet. Um, so it's, there's still a lot to be said about who's even going to be in what positions in that Steeler offense. Switching gears a little bit, last week, again, we had Coach Wiley on West Liberty University, and we were talking about nil on that call. Nil, again, for everyone, is uh, name, image, likeness. The college players are now able to be compensated for that. It seems like every week we're hearing about a new player making uh, a quarter million dollars in a new endorsement. Sean, this is um, kind of breaking news. I say that tongue in cheek because we just made fun of breaking news. But uh, today, um, I just found out that in Ohio, uh, there's a House bill for anyone that wants to look this up. It's House Bill uh, 110 that's being talked about. That high school players in Ohio can be privileged to nil and be able to be compensated for up to $400 per sport semester for their name, image, or likeness. The language is clear that they can't be paid to play a sport, but they can be paid for their popularity from that sport. And it even goes as far to give examples that, that $400 could be something in terms of a gift, uh, you know, in the form of a trophy. It could be gift certificates. It could be credits to a restaurant. Um, and it kind of leaves it open after that. I thought that was interesting, but not surprising. Uh, I'm not surprised to see it trickle down, uh, but in the same breath, Ohio is not wasting any time on getting out ahead of this. Sean, are they being, are they being uh, aggressive? or are they being proactive
1: because of course it's a lot different than the college aspect because you know in high school no matter what just about you're going where you live it's not a situation where you say okay well if i go to this school i can make x amount of dollars but if i go to this school it would be far less um, I, I, my gut reaction to that is it's a slippery slope and I've got to wonder my big question is why is that you know, something that's necessary
0: I'm thinking locally we probably won't see this being much of an influence maybe not Um, You know, keeping in mind, Ohio, this might not impact us locally, but maybe in Columbus or Cleveland or Cincinnati, um, I could see there being a high potential here. Um, And bear with me, I'm just kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall here. But, you know, we talked last week that in Texas, arguably most people rate this quarterback number one in the nation. He's foregoing his senior year of high school to go to Ohio State's campus. Um, it's been documented that he's already made a quarter million dollars in endorsements. Um, he's 17 years old. So let's use that as an example. And maybe, maybe the player is not quite that caliber. Let's say that they're kind of a middle of the pack, solid three-star that could maybe go to Toledo or Akron or Ohio or Pitt or even WVU and maybe have the chance to get a couple thousand dollars a nil. Or maybe they could stick around for their senior year and get some local money from a couple restaurants. Maybe that's the reasoning here. And again, I'm just throwing spaghetti at the wall. I think Ohio might be trying to be proactive and thinking, how can we keep our high school players in high school like they're supposed to be? Can you even believe we're having this conversation right now?
1: Honestly, I can't. It's it's weird to me because again, I can understand it on the college level because that's it, it's, as much as people don't want to admit it. College athletics are multi-billion-dollar business, um, and, and I guess yeah. Whenever I think about it from like a broader perspective. Um, outside the Valley. I could understand it. Once you get into those big cities where, you know, they're turning out athlete after athlete and they're going to go to division one programs. Um, and say, I, I guess the long way of answering your question, I would say they're being proactive and you will see more of this type of thing. Um, and don't get me wrong. I'm not begrudging anybody, the opportunity to make money, um, It's the old saying you're worth as much as somebody's willing to pay you. So if you can make some money, um, and a lot of these kids, their families could really use that extra money. So for that, I I think it's a good idea.
0: Also, up for discussion in the Ohio House, this is uh, Bill 61 and Bill 132. Currently, This is not the bill that's proposed, but currently in Ohio, uh, in Ohio high school, if a transgender female goes through, a transgender female would be somebody that was born a male that's going through the process of becoming a female, if they have went through one year of hormone therapy, after one year, currently, they're eligible to participate in women's sports. Right now, currently, there's Bill 61 and Bill 132 that are both opposing that and saying that they walk that back, regardless of any length of fertility, that if you're transgender, that will not qualify you to participate in female sports unless you're, in fact, born a female. Sean, thoughts there on what does that have any chance of actually passing and being walked back and just any general thoughts there? you
1: know, this, <laughs> this is another conversation that can you believe we're having this conversation? Um, I can't. And as the father of two daughters, this is something that, that really catches my eye. Um, I want to be, I want to be very careful with, with how and, and, and what I say. Um, I just, if you were born a male you have to compete in male sports if you want to compete in sports that's just how i feel nothing is ever going to change that um there are biological advantages strength power speed stamina that biological males just have over females when it comes to sports I won't begrudge anybody from being who or what they want to be. I don't have to understand it. I don't have to agree with it. It's not my life, but at the same time, would I be comfortable if that situation ever happened in a sport that my daughters played? And the answer to that is very easily a no just because of what I, about the advantages um if you're going to be a transgender which you know when we were growing up <laughs> i i don't even know that we knew or even heard the word transgender um we're just in a very open time in society but I just, I, I feel strongly that a male, biological male should not be competing in women's sports and vice versa. Uh, getting back to Olympics, we saw some of that. And it's just, you know, there are a lot of reasons I feel that way. And not the least of which is, you know, there are, I'm sure some women out there, biological were born, biological women who have worked their entire lives and put forth so much effort to be the absolute best at their given sport. And then they're bumped off the big biological male competing in the women's portion of events there's just something wrong, and I, you know, I'm, I'm all about inclusion. I, you know, I don't care what color you are. I don't care what sex you are. I don't care what your sexual orientation is. We all have the inherent right to be happy with who we are, and with whomever we choose. I don't that that stuff doesn't bother me, but there has to be a line drawn in my mind. It can't just be a free-for-all, and in the broader sense, we have, a, in my mind, a big problem with that in society right now, where it is just a free-for-all. We want there to be no rules, and there has to be checks and balances, and right now, the checks and balances are way out of whack.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, uh, that's something that uh, we certainly both agree on. And, and maybe, Sean, maybe one day we'll play this back and, and we'll, we'll look at each other and say, boy, we were on the wrong side of that. Maybe that will happen one day. Um, but, but as I stand here today, I agree with you. Um, when, I, when I think about whether it's a, a man that wants to play a woman's sport or a woman that wants to play a man's sport, and whether it's high school, again, the rule right now in Ohio is you have to go through one year of uh, hormone treatment before you're eligible. Um, I'm not sure what the NCAA rule is, but I'm willing to bet it's similar. Um, I, I don't know about you, Sean, but doesn't that sound like uh, doping? If if you use testosterone as a guy, that's that's doping. Um, so how's it different if you want to change genders? So, so now we're now it's getting real muddy. Of how how, how do we? where do you stop the line of it's okay to, to change your hormones if you want to change your gender, but it's not okay to alter your hormones if you want to remain that gender. Uh, I see a competitive disadvantage and advantage in them both. That's where it gets muddy for me. There's no consistency there. There,
1: there absolutely is. And there's no consistency in society. Um, it, it's A situation where we have one set of rules for one group of people and another set of rules for another group of people, and the same person could have a different opinion on the same thing when you're talking about this as opposed to doping, Um, because they want everybody to be included, and I do too. But are we being inclusive when? we're allowing one set of people to do one thing that is adversely affecting another group of people in that same sport. And we, there, again, the checks and balances, it's, there's a lot of hypocrisy going on in this country right now and sports is not immune to it by any stretch of the imagination. Um, we, we've got to find as, as we, we both have mentioned, we, we've got to find that line. And I just don't think that there's very much interest um, in finding that line. And this, is, this brings up even a broader thing for me. Um, like if you're going to go through sex, sex conversion um, therapy or what have you, Listen, I I don't think anybody under the age of eighteen should be doing that. That's my personal opinion. Um, a parent should not be. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, pushing that or backing that. I think you need to be a full fledged adult before you do that, because again, there's it's a, it's a fine line. And, you know, we're seeing she's a whiz today in today's day and age with these people. And by these people, I mean just people in society. I don't mean any
0: Mm
1: -hmm. particular group. You're seeing, you know, celebrity parents who have rightly or wrongly, and I think wrongly, but so much pool with kids these days you know th- their kids are being born they're saying they're not a boy or a girl we're going to let them decide i'm sorry god already decided that we know if you're a boy or a girl and to me that's child abuse kids have a hard enough time life is hard enough without introducing an incredibly difficult situation to them that they undoubtedly do not understand. And I have a real problem with that. And again, there's a line, uh, you know, you want to support your children no matter what. And I a hundred percent will, no matter what my kids would ever say to me um, in regards to that or anything else for that matter. But I'm not going to go up to my seven-year-old son and say, are you sure you're a boy? Do you think, do do you, do you feel like a girl? And I see that going on and it's, it's very troubling to me.
0: I, I want to be careful because I could talk for probably another hour on this. And I don't think your voice is going to last another five minutes. Uh, And that's why I say I want to be careful, because I think my next comment would just lead you into another. We're an interesting time, Sean. And for all of our listeners out there, especially the ones in Ohio, uh, this is being talked about uh, in your house. And if you have an opinion on this, I encourage you to contact your uh, local representative. Again, that's Bill 61 and Bill 132. And what those bills are proposing is that they roll back uh, the policy that if you are transgender uh, and you identify as a female, that will not allow you eligibility in female sports. Uh, so if you have an opinion on that, you're welcome to contact your local representative. <clears throat> I'm tying this up uh, also maybe of interest for our listeners. There's another bill, Bill 316. Uh, that's in front of the house. This bill is not expected to pass, uh, but this bill is basically <clears throat> giving extra eligibility to any high school athlete that had to miss school for a prolonged amount of time due to COVID. So, if if uh, if you if you have a kid out there, know a kid that you know missed the school year or half the school year because of COVID, they obviously missed out on a lot of precious time there, but specifically athletically. Um, this would give them an extra semester to be able to compete in a sport that they may have had a future in. Again, this bill is not expected to pass because the timeline is getting short. But if this is something that's passionate to you, uh, you can contact your your local representative. And again, that's Bill 316. Some interesting things happening in Ohio. I think that I I applaud them for being proactive uh, around some of these things. They very well may be happening in West Virginia, too. I'm not aware of them, Um, but some interesting things happening here in Ohio. Sean, I appreciate you jumping on. For everyone out there, Sean's under the weather. We've also had some audio issues today as we're not in our normal format that we do this podcast on. So I apologize if there are any stretches or lags in the audio. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. Sean and I will be back next Monday. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. This is Ohio Valley Athletics the Ohio Valley's number one site for local sports talk. We'll talk to you next week.